Since March 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been developing content monthly, weekly, and daily for the business of pharmacy. With more than 25 different podcast channels, more than 1 million downloads, and 30-plus participating pharmacists, the Pharmacy Podcast Network is the global leader in podcasting for the pharmacy professional. Find all of our podcast channels by going to pharmacypodcast.com forward slash shows. It's Amy Blazik with the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast, um, coming to you here in uh, from Dallas, Texas. And actually, today my guest is one of the authors from this month's Senior Care Pharmacist Journal, Dr. Krishay Charles, whose um, whose clinical review highlights from the 2019 AGS Beers Criteria updates is going to be in the journal this month. And so, Dr. Charles, we are so grateful that you could join us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right in. Um, Dr. Charles, tell us a little bit about you and your journey and, and your practice. Sort of what, 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 what's going on right now? Okay, sure. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you today. Um, first of all, I just want to give you a little bit of my story. I received my PharmD degree from Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas in 2000. There where I afterwards, I completed a PGY1 residency at St. Clair Medical Center in Moorhead, Kentucky. And after practicing for a couple of years, I became CGP in 2004, which is now called BCGP, Board Certification in Geriatric Pharmacy. So basically, I started my clinical practice in the area of geriatric pharmacy at the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston, Texas, which is also known as UTMB. Um, I was their geriatric clinical specialist on the ACE unit. ACE unit, which for those who may not know or may not be familiar, ACE unit stands for Acute Care for the Elderly. And the unit uh, initially had was a 20-bed unit that was de designed to provide medical services and address the unique needs, promote healing, reduce anxiety while hospitalized in patients 65 years and older. Um, those patients that were admitted to the ACE unit were treated by an interdisciplinary team, limit, not limited to, uh, but included geriatricians, pharmacists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, nurses, and advanced nurse practitioners. And as their geriatric clinical pharmacist on the unit, I was responsible for providing pharmacy clinical services such as renal dose adjustments, um, adhering to the beers criteria, which had not which had not evolved into the document that we have today, but we used what we had at that time. As a matter of fact, the American Geriatric Society had not adopted the Beers criteria as a teaching or clinical guide at that time. I was also responsible for guiding the geriatric fellows in their prescribing practices for this population. I would round on patients, review their outpatient medications as well as their inpatient medications to determine if any unwarranted medication adverse effects, uh, such as changes in cognition as it relates to delirium or confusion or excessive sedation or even fall risk. I would uh, review the medications to determine if we could um, decrease the doses or eliminate some of those medications. Um, then at my next institution, I worked at the Baylor St. Luke Medical Center in the Texas Medical Center, and I worked with the geriatric best practice team at that institution. 
And um, this team, we, we provided a closer look at medications prescribed to 65-year and older patients in an acute care, overall acute care hospital setting. Um, after incorporating the BEERS criteria, also known as PIMS, potentially inappropriate medications, um, within the prescribing practices at this institution, we were able to reduce the usage of BEERS criteria medications or PIMS, such as amitriptyline, Benadryl, diazepam, housewide. And we were very, very proud of this accomplishment. Um, with the approval of the PNT committee, we also implemented changes to the prescribing practices that allow pharmacists to reduce the doses of Beers criteria medications such as Benadryl or, um, and or Promethazine. For example, um, it was hospital policy that patients got Benadryl prior to uh, blood transfusions. Well, if the patient was 65 and older and the pharmacist received the order, and typically we would give them 20, give every, anybody 25 milligrams of Benadryl prior to blood transfusions, well, if the pharmacist, when the pharmacist received these types of orders, they were automatically able to reduce, if the patient was 65 and older, they were automatically able to reduce that Benadryl dose from 25 to 12.5. And, um, we overall, the aim of this project was to ultimately reduce the falls or fall risk um, and to reduce medication-related delirium, confusion by reducing the exposure to these highly anticholinergic medications, which are also known to contribute to sedation, confusion, and falls in the older population. Um, as a matter of fact, we uh, we published an abstract with uh, ASCP um, back in 2015, and the title of that poster was, it was a poster presentation, and it was called Enhancing the Safety and Efficacy of Pharmacotherapy in the Aging Population, that we presented that poster in Vegas in 2015, as I stated before. And... Um, so after uh, leaving um, Baylor St. Luke's, I came over to work as um, assistant professor at Texas Southern University. And here as an educator, I have been able to incorporate the Beers criteria into my lectures, as well as um, hands-on experiential experiences. I often find myself in my lectures identifying drugs that may be Beers-listed medications and explaining in more detail why this may be the ideal drug or the drug of choice in the younger population or maybe an appropriate dose in the younger population, but the prescriber may have to consider an alternative drug in, in patients that are 65 and older due to the adverse side effects of those drugs, the anticholinergic side effects of those drugs. Um, I often find myself in my lectures kind of highlighting um, those different points to the students because uh, oftentimes we we do uh, teach uh, best practices, of course, but we overlook the older population. And um, so, um, as a matter of fact, one of my recent lectures on antidepressants, we were reviewing selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And I reminded the students that um, although um, SSRIs may be the uh, 
um, first line agents to treat depression, but when selecting an SSRI in an older in the elderly in the elderly population, um, paroxetine or Paxil has the most anticholinergic side effects in this class, and according to the BSUs list, should be avoided in patients 65 and older because of those anticholinergic side effects. So in short, um, to be able to use evidence-based data to educate our future pharmacists on medication use in the older population has been very significant to my practice and current role as an educator. I feel like I've found a kindred spirit in somebody who's been using the beers list for as long as I have. So you you remember back before the American Geriatric Society took it over and when we were actually getting updates from Dr. Beers yes. and, and his colleagues. And then right? I remember I remember in 2012 when AGS um actually adopted it and and it was like a really big deal like oh my god you know we have we have a um we have AGS on board with what we're doing and so we can really use it as a tool to educate our upcoming geriatricians and pharmacists and nurse practitioners so i was really excited yeah it was it was nice i think it it definitely gave it a, a different sort of level of validity when it came to sort of talking with physicians and other clinicians about the list for sure, for sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that you've been using it for as long as I have. So <laughs> I'm sure we've got some listeners who are like, ladies, please. I've been it using came it for yes. 91. <laughs> I know, I know. All right. Well, um, so you, you know, seriously, the, the 2019, you know, beers criteria came out, you felt inspired to put together a, a highlight document that I'm, I know our readership is going to really appreciate. Um, one of the questions as I was reading through, um, as I was reading through your clinical review is, um, were there any changes to the 2019 um, beers list that, that actually surprised you? Not necessarily surprised me, but I did find it interesting that H2 antagonists such as famotidine and renantidine were removed from the beers list of medications to avoid in older adults with a dementia, but remained on the list for patients with delirium. Um, I will also say that I was very impressed with the updates, uh, which included drugs as, such as teclopidine or ticlet, which were removed from the beers list since they're no longer marketed in the U.S. Uh, due to low usage or the fact that there are just better antiplatelet agents available. I thought this was a very relevant update to the criteria. Um, I was also impressed with the uh, removal of agents such as phenylephrine and pseudoephedrine um, since they were removed from the list. Those side effects of insomnia don't necessarily just apply to our 65 and older patients, but they apply to the uh, general population. So um, I was impressed to see those agents removed uh, because of that reasoning, as well as um, some of the common chemotherapeutic agents, such as carboplatin, cisplatin, uh, vincristine, they were also removed from the beers list because those side effects um, as well do not just are not just specific to the older adult, but to the general uh, population. So by ruling out medications that were um, that are not specific to the older adult, generally makes the beers criteria. Um, 
a more essential tool to use in clinical practice when prescribing for older adults, as well as an educational tool when teaching medication prescribing medic practices to um, medical professionals. So now that I'm in the education arena, it's kind of hard to explain that, you know, certain drugs like, you know, your chemo chemotherapeutic agents, they cause certain side effects, but they cause those same side effects in everybody. So it's like, well, what makes, why is that on the beers list? So I'm glad to see that some of these changes were made and highlighted in the 2019 updates. Absolutely. I think that, you know, just the, the author's we're, we're really, really smart to keep it fresh because certainly you don't, you know, when we're, when you're trying to, you know, speak with clinicians about, you know, considering the beers list when they're making prescribing decisions, um, you don't want them to pick up the list and say, well, this, this drug hasn't been on the market for, you know, for five years. So I, I, I appreciate that, you know, that, um, that, that sort of keeping it fresh kind of, kind of aspect to the beers list. Yeah. All right. So as we look ahead to hopefully, I'm going to knock on wood, the 2022 update to the beers list. I think uh, all of us were kind of waiting on the 2019, and, and certainly there were a lot of things that that you know have come out and, and things that the authors had to had to uh, had to go through to get this published. And so you know, I, I know that the American Geriatric Society has said, you know, we want to we want to do this, you know, maybe every three years, and so. Uh, in looking ahead to hopefully a 2022 update, um, what changes do you hope the list will consider now that you are, um, you know, you've got some some years of practice, now you're in the the education arena. Um, what things do you hope that the that the list will consider? Well, um, um, like you, I'm I'm very happy to to have um, the, uh, a notable organization such as the American Geriatric Society uh, uh, having adopted the Beers criteria, and it'll be a ten, about ten years since, since they've been a part of or leading the efforts of updating the criteria in 2022. Therefore, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next updates to include even more outcomes from research on um, perhaps drugs, newer agents uh, that have been out maybe the last, you know, uh, 10 years or came out in the last last 10 years. Maybe more research about the, those drugs, maybe more um, more evidence based information about those drugs where um, where where where. where, where there may be some relevance to either adding to the beers list or taking away from the beers list. For sure. I can appreciate that too. That is, um, you know, any, I, I think depending on who's listening today, if you've got a, you know, consultant pharmacist or an inpatient pharmacist or even a community pharmacist who's, you know, trying to make an impact with regards to beers list medicines when they're working with older adults, you know, we do have some clinicians who are like, well, show me the evidence. Why is this on the beers list? And so I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you that it would be really nice to have, you know, more evidence to support some of the things that are on that, on that list for sure. For sure. Um, well, Dr. Charles, it has been a joy to talk to you today, and I am so grateful for your time today. I know that our listeners are excited about reading your highlights from the 2019 AGS Beers Criteria updates that's been published as a clinical review in the February issue of the Senior Care Pharmacist. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you for making time for us today. 
You're welcome. And thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you today uh, regarding the beers, uh, the updates of the 2019 updates of the beers list and um, looking very forward to uh, working with it the next few years and, and looking forward to the next updates. That's right. Thank you so much. Well, this has been the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast. This is Amy Blazek coming to you from Dallas, Texas, and we'll talk to you next month. Thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you enjoy the leading podcast network dedicated to the business and profession of pharmacy, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know which channel is your favorite. And remember, the pharmacist is the hub of healthcare.